Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the People for Olson podcast. In this week's episode, Mark is sitting down talking with Ari Spinoza, who's running for Manlius Town Board. Well, again, thank you so much for listening to the podcast, and we just hope that you're enjoying every single episode. If you are, then consider subscribing to the podcast. That way, you'll be up to date the moment a new episode is released. And don't forget to follow us online and stay up to date on everything happening with the campaign. You can visit us online at peopleforolson.com. Well, without further ado, here's this week's conversation between Mark and Ari. Well, welcome, Ari. Thank you very much for coming. Ari Spinoza, you're a candidate for the Town of Manlius Council. Uh, thank yep. you for coming on the People for Olson podcast. Today is all about just getting to know you, uh, having a conversation uh, for the people that are listening to our podcast and, and watching this on YouTube. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you, Mark. I'm going to take this opportunity to let everyone know about my background, stuff I've talked about with people before, stuff I haven't talked about with people before, and I hope this is a great opportunity for anyone that hasn't met me yet for, for me to introduce myself. Um, I'm really excited to, to run for the, for the Town of Manlius Board. This is something that I've always had interest in. I, I love politics. I love working um, in terms of organizational uh, things such as companies, business, um, and I think this is a great opportunity to, to do that. One of the things I've been talking about is relationships are so important in, in local government. And to me, you know, we have a relationship back in the Little League days and your family and our family are friends and I've known you for a long time and your family. What, what do you see as, as the most important thing as, as you run for, or what are you hearing as you're running for town council that? Sure, you know. so we have had a very interesting relationship. I've seen you around town, around the village of Fayetteville specifically as mayor. Honestly, for a while I didn't even know you were mayor. I just thought you were the baseball guy. I was always <laughs> at the baseball fields. Yeah. You and Mr. LaFollette, a baseball genius, yeah. and I always saw you around. So from a very young age, I was very involved in, in many different things, such as the Little League. I, for a while, was part of the, uh, the Manly's Police Department um, Explorer Post um, and many other things around the town. And it's a unique perspective, and it's a really uh, recent perspective that I bring um, in terms of age to, to, to bring to light at, at a town board level, which is, which is quite phenomenal in terms of a, such a, a recent age, um, to bring ideas and, and things that are relevant for, for the younger crowd, which is quite important because we have many families that move to the town for the specific reason of raising their children in a nice environment or people that are looking to. So I want to bring many perspectives and things that would encourage, motivate people to move to the town or stay in the town too. That's a big issue now. How many people spend six months and one day in Florida? So that, that is something I want to It's a good perspective because I know when we were doing our comprehensive plan and we were talking to people uh, back in 2014, there was a thing, there's nothing for the youth to do. There's nothing for the, the, the young couple that just got married to do. And what could we do? So a lot of stuff that we were trying to do what do you think the town can do? Because a lot of people, and one of the things that I do on this podcast is to kind of educate people. Yeah. The town doesn't have any parks. The town doesn't have sidewalks. The town doesn't offer senior centers. You know, things that all the, village, the three villages do, and the three mayors have been on this podcast. I will give you credit for being a great source of, of inspiration for what we should do. 
you brought up a great point. The town board has brought it, has proposed uh, this before. But one small but great thing that can bridge both the north of the canal and the south of the canal is is a, is a town park. We have many phenomenal sites for a town park. Top of the world, you mentioned mm -hmm. it before to me. Yeah. Excellent place to do that. In fact, it's something we should do. If you have children, they're there. And I don't know if you see what they do there or not, but you have to stand in the street. That is a safety hazard. There's a phenomenal site there for a scenic view for all to enjoy. That is one thing, one small thing we can do. It's costly. There are things we can do that aren't costly as well. Um, this is another thing you've mentioned before. Uh, services that the town currently doesn't provide. You've mentioned Glazing Confused. I'm friends with, with other restaurant owners here in the city of Syracuse that have looked for towns, villages to go to. Honestly, frankly, I don't even think they know of the potential that they have, for example, in our town of Manly's. Brinewell, Habibus, these are, are many great restaurants that are here that we can bring there that fit into the culture and quality of our town and villages, and we just don't have that at the moment. These, and that's something that, you know, I'm, I'm very against being a, a politician that um, enforces, um, for example, it goes against the um, liberty of, for example, property owner to develop their site. You, you own a site, you have the freedom to develop your site. Well, we can work with property owners to guide them to, to develop um, their property, to, to offer things that everyone will appreciate and, you know, a, a small town feel. Yeah. I think that, that business aspect is really important to me because, you know, I was, I can't remember where I was. I think I was in Buffalo and I'm driving through and I'm looking at all these businesses and I'm looking at all these different things and I'm like, why aren't we, why aren't they coming to Fayetteville or Manlius or Manoa? Why isn't there this, this exchange of, hey, we want you to come in and, you know, and it seems like it's just too hard. to. You know what? We have a few businesses already like that in the town, in the village of Fayetteville, for example, we have Mark Bullis, he owns Bull and Bear. Yep. You know, it's it's difficult for for some of these restaurants to just operate, you know, on the sidewalk. You go to many small villages and it's beautiful. Yep. The the people are sitting on the sidewalks. You know, you have lights just light bulbs on the streets and the trees. Yep. Small details, not costly. We put know. park benches in front of Starbucks and I said, Are these people are these people really gonna sit there? Saturday I'm driving through, three ladies. Sunday, I drive through the, the same three ladies having coffee again, and hey. I'm like, that's perfect. That's what we did it for. It was because we wanted people to sit and just relax, have a cup of coffee, or sure. eat whatever, and just see the cars go by. And, and just, it's a, you know. also an appreciation of small details, such as a, a small bench. We may even put a little umbrella in the middle so you can sit there and you don't have to worry about most of the time it's rain or snow. Mm -hmm. But the, the sun that we sometimes have, people can appreciate that without sweating, you know. Um, but it's a lot of fine, small details like that at the town that we don't have. We have that somewhat in, in the village of Fayetteville and Manlius. You can drive during Christmas time and you'll see the Christmas lights. You can drive during Memorial Day, you'll see the flags. But north of the canal, at times, frankly, we don't have such small details. It's, it's really rural. I feel like they would appreciate some of that as well, too. Have you seen Mayor Brazil's plan that he has, the phase three phases that he wants to do for the Main Street? If you look at that and you go, yes, that's the connection, that's putting it together, that's creating this Main Street. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I think of Manlius and the Swan Pond, I think of Fayetteville and Beard Park, and I think of Manlius or Manoa with Lewis Park. 
more of those connections are so important. But I think the town plays a vital role because, the, I mean, we're only, you know, if you add the three villages up, we're probably 12 or 13,000 of the 30,000 that live in the town. There's still 17,000 residents that don't have parks, don't have sidewalks, don't have all these niceties that might be a good addition to get even more people to move in sure. to the territory. Sure, just because they don't live in the villages does not mean that they don't use our facilities. The, by the way, you touched on it, the Main Street program, outstanding job by the county yeah. to do that, bring money to our villages, and yeah. at every single village, bring such new renovation and projects to the villages. Yeah. People will see that soon, and it'll be outstanding. Um, but pe people that don't live you know, in the villages, they still use our facilities. I wish more would come from the north of the canal to the south of the canal and vice versa. Yeah. Um, I mentioned parks, for example, bringing other business as well. But there's also things, I, I said I would bring stuff from my age category upwards to the town level. We can do cross school district events, for example. As a student at FM, we never really had any sort of interaction with ESM. That school district is almost non-existent if you don't have any friends there. Luckily, I have many friends there and it was a fine time just traversing between the two, mm -hmm. enjoying stuff. There wasn't much stuff to enjoy in terms of, of recreation outside of our home, so, which would be something maybe we can figure out for the kids of, of both of those school districts to find. Mm -hmm. That'll be something I could possibly be releasing at a later point. Yeah. But Those connections are important because you, you touched on it. I didn't know you were part of the Explorer Post for the Town of yeah. Memphis Police. I got started at the age of 14 in the Fayetteville Fire Department through the Explorer Post, and that's what got me all the way through, and I'm still a member of the department. Manoa, and East, uh, the village of Manoa has that um, program with their wastewater treatment facility with ESM, and all these students are taking it, and, and they're learning all about the facility, and they're learning about the engineering and the, all the things that go on in wastewater management. And I'm sitting there going, I said the same thing, why can't FM do that? Because we, we're, we're blessed with residents that have so many opportunities to help their, their youth and they wanna help, but there's no piece of that puzzle to put it together and connect those dots. There are many things we can be offering our children that we don't currently offer that stray away from the orthodox. Such small part-time vocational activities can have a tremendous lesson on a youth's life and what they do later hand. I was part of the, the Manlius uh, Police Department post for a short time. It was outstanding though. I got a vision inside the police department that not many people had. And frankly, at my age, many people are against the police department. What I saw there put something in me that I'll never be able to experience in any other way. And it brings a light to whatever you do if you choose to do something at such a young age. Yeah. You had that inside experience and I've been saying that if you want to defund the police or you want to change the structure of the police, ride along. Do a ride along for a day or two and get to know or spend some time at the station and get to know what they do, how they do it, what works, what doesn't work, what pitfalls they have. You know, uh, I was talking to the judge the other day and he was explaining to me something that happened with one of the officers. And he saw it from a perspective. I saw it, and then I talked to the police chief about it. And then I talked to their code enforcement officer about it. So we had three different perspectives, but yet we were all trying to get to the common, to the same place. To me, those relationships are so important. And having been there, seen it, done it is- First-hand really experience is incomparable, especially at such, such a field like that where it's a millisecond decision. Mm -hmm. At the police post, we did many drills. 
it was it was my favorite part of it. My favorite one specifically was the felony stops. They would always put the fastest kid, you know, in the car as the bad guy. I yeah. had many experiences running <laughs> away from the police. Unfortunately, I was on the wrong hand. But still, you see, you know, even as in that position, you know, the police have a lot of responsibility on their hands. In the town of Manlius, they do it very well. I was able to see it at even such a young age. Everything that they do. And on the, on the back end, too, what we don't see is the administrative side as well. They do an outstanding job, not just our operational division within the police department. Um, in the back hand of things, they do an amazing job, too. Our police department is accredited. They have uh, accreditations that only a few in the whole state have, very prestigious ones that are international. They do an outstanding job. They've had the body cameras, the first, what, in the county, right? Yeah, 2014. For yep. f seven years. Yep. You know, they do a fantastic job. And how many calls do they take a year? Like 30,000? Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. that's the pop every that's the population of our whole town. You know, one person uh, a year, for example, if you were to split it up, you know, that is a lot of different interactions that our police have that we don't know about. And you have never heard of, of anything, you know, happening at the national level in, yeah. in our town like that because we do an outstanding job you yeah. can't bring a national narrative into our town and just look over the outstanding stuff that our police department yeah. achieved i always say there's room for every organization to grow and be better the fire department yeah. the police department the rec department the senior center the village the code everybody needs to be better when you think about it i i i kind of correlate i was 26 when i ran for the first time as a trustee um and you're you're young for the you're not you're uh, I'm I'm using a term it's not the right you're not the typical candidate. Sure. What 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 made you say you know what I'm doing this I, I, I'm going to put my foot in. There there were certain factors. It was a long year leading up to to this uh, nomination. I would say to run for the town board. Um, one of them specifically is you know you go about I go about a lot of a business and. I've interacted before just calling up politicians at the local level, asking them questions. My friend and I, we tried to propose a restaurant on Marshall Street, a quick, small restaurant, and it was a disaster in terms of regulation. Our county, this and that, they require such ridiculous codes. Something that I had a flashback, I watched your Mark Bullis interview, the grease trap. Yeah. You won't believe how that costed almost the same amount as to all the other equipment that we wanted. So all this, you know, inspired me to look more into politics. You know, I, I told myself this is a lot, but if I want to find a solution to streamline this, you know, I have to get more involved. Um, I was thinking about going back to Tel Aviv University. I was studying electrical and electronic engineering. I was thinking about going back there. COVID, big issue, and this came along, and I said, you know, this is the opportunity for me to really go in, see how we can make things better, streamline things. I bring a great perspective in terms of age. My background, which we can talk about, mm -hmm. very technical um, engineering-based, which is outstanding for what we do at a town level and what we should be doing at a town level, not discussing national this, that, police you know it's ridiculous stuff at the town level we focused on on very specific things um like i've I said, said it stay in your lane it's 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 we're it, in the service business we're in the service business to provide all the things that our residents uh, I, I have to laugh today yeah. i was 
before I got, came here, I went to the village office to check my mail. I had a meeting with the clerk, and people are paying their taxes. And <laughs> so she was shorthanded. So I, and, and, and someone said, what are you doing? And I said, this is what we do. This is, we have to get, you know, when we're short-staffed, it's not like we can, you know, call somebody in. So I just, I'm, I'm just helping you out. And next thing you know, I'm six deep in the line, and I was well, I that, doing That's it another right, point, uh, too, that I was just going to bring up. Also, just the vast array of things that you do cover, as, for example, a town board member, is awesome in my opinion. It's what I love to do. I love to find problems and make the solution as best as possible as clearly as possible for under for all to understand and as easy for everyone to access yeah. that is exactly what you need to do at it. any local level any f county level federal level it's a mess right now we have huge government there's a lot of ways to, to make things better i always thought about it when that because i was younger than most of the board members and they would say it can't be done i'm like don't tell me that it can't be done and and when i became mayor everybody's like no we can't that, you won't be able to do that and $7 million later in grants and 14 or 15 infrastructure projects and capital projects. And you have to that's work it, for it. It goes back to that relationship. You know, today we had a, we have two houses that we want to tear down to start a park and it's like $35,000 to tear them down. And we just didn't budget for it. So we don't have the money right now. So we're trying to find sources to get that. I called up the county uh, and mm -hmm. the executive that put together, the county executive put together a, a team for the, the American Rescue Plan funds. And she was like, this fits perfectly into what we're looking for. It's this one time, you know, so you can yeah. start the economic development thing. Do you see the town? Like when I think of the county Main Street program, we're going into round two now. So mm -hmm. I'm already putting my round two plan together to try to get another plan. What do you see in the town that they could work on for the Main Street money, you know, or, or ideas that you have? Have you come up with? Sure. I've reviewed what you guys have done in the first round. You guys covered mostly things that I just mentioned in terms of revitalization. I got to see the specifics as to what you can use your money on, but something I covered that we didn't do in the first round is, for example, more communal things to, to bridge the north and south of our town together. Mm -hmm. I think that'd be outstanding. We yeah. focused on, on the villages, for example, in the Main Street uh, program, but uh, something communal, uh, a little more recreational where you don't have to spend money. You know, we focused on on the businesses in the first round, which we really should focus on. You know, the government has to pay back after shutting them down for so long. They mm -hmm. deserve it. But also focus on the people. You know, we've had a long year, and I think now we really realize how important such small details of life are to bring people one another. Green Lakes has been packed this yeah. year. Oh, yeah. You know. Um, top of the world is a place a lot of people go to, but there are many other sites. I mean, what what is this park? Pools, pools, uh, Poolsbrook. Poolsbrook. I yeah. stopped by there the other day. I mean, it's it's grass and just some gravel. There are ma ways to make it, you know, a little more appealing, especially if that's the only park, you know, in in that region of our town. Yeah. There's some small stuff that maybe we can take a look at. Other towns do it because if you look at like Camillus and Dewitt yeah. and town of Onondaga, they've done these projects where they've taken parks and they've enhanced them. And we have the Erie Canal and most of the Erie Canal is in the town. But yet yeah. we do all the work because we, we wanted to make that connection. We wanted to make it so that they would come to Limestone Plaza or they would shop at the town center. You know, I think there's ways to do it and, and good ways that the town can jump sure. on board. And you know, you, you asked me what I 
think we should do with that money? I think it's best to ask people what they want to do with their money. It's taxpayer money printed by the Fed. It's still, it's still our, respectfully, their money, though. Um, and they have the best opinion on their money. Uh, it's something I've asked a lot of people as to what they would like to see come about the town. Mm -hmm. And there are things that I need to speak more of with our current mayor, and for example, in Fayetteville and, and Manlius and Manoa to see which one of these we can actually bring to light because I don't believe in pitching proposals just for the fun of it. If we pitch something, it's to get it done. So we have some behind the scenes stuff that we will be bringing to light right away as a candidate mm -hmm. to see what we can get done. So what have you, now you've been out and you've been knocking on some doors and getting some petitions signed. This is all, so for me it's brand new because as a, a village you go out and as long as you're 18 years old and you live in the village, you just go out and get independent nominating petitions and you get 75 signatures and you're on the ballot. Now this process we've had to go to the Republicans and conservatives and you know working families or whatever party you're trying to go to and get the designation. What have you, what, what, what's your experience been like? Sure, the first obstacle of this campaign was to go and get in total 600 uh, independent nomination petitions across the board from all our, our candidates. So my personal target was 100 petitions, quite a task considering I've never, never gone door to door. So, and it was a little cold to begin with. So going door to door. Don't run know, in a village election because we're January, February and March. I heard so. about that, yeah. and crazy. But you know, that was throwing a kid just right out there and, and to start speaking with people. People are enthusiastic. Everyone you talk to, first of all, it's great to have a young face. I think all candidates going on should be young because everyone will open the door to you. They want to know what's going on. They don't know what is going on, what's not going on. Mm. They'll open the door and talk to you. And I didn't even make a list of Republicans or independents or anything. I just went every single home, too. And I told them, you know, the real deal. I told them a little bit of my background, a little bit of what I want to see happen. You know, they get kind of scared off the bat of the Republican uh, line that I'm running on. But at the local level, I'm not going to be voting on abortion, on a border wall, on this or that. I tell them our priorities. I want to keep, you know, all the facilities and privileges that everyone has. People always want to lower the taxes. We got to take that into balance. But you also end up explaining to people a lot the actual functions of, of what the town does, too. You know, many people. And that's one of the things on this podcast. I think people, we had the town highway, we had the town police, we had the town supervisor. It's explaining that there's so much in to that town budget and what happens and even I've learned a little bit like in the highway it's A and B and it's winter and summer and yeah all the different budget aspects and all the different things that the town does we just learned about sidewalks that the town has a different process on how to or excuse me uh, stop signs how to approve a stop sign versus the village you know and I was talking to the police chief and he said Mark I, I agree with the way that the village does it but that's the way it is set up in town law there's a lot of nuances have you I know there, you said you've been studying a lot. There, there are a lot. So that was the first part of my campaign, going out and then also explaining to people how the town operates. The specific details are crazy in terms of how to get things done. There are ways to streamline that. Fortune, we're very fortunate to have current department heads that are outstanding at their jobs. Rob over at the, the highway, uh, the superintendent, mm excellent source of knowledge. They're all an excellent source of knowledge. So I've been able to speak with many of them about how it goes along. 
Um, but there's a, a lot more to learn about, frankly. And my priority is to understand as much as I can and the history behind it, too. I think currently many of our board members just don't understand the history of many of the example, just the ways that think, things go about at the, at, the, at the town board level and also the history behind the projects, too. You know, yeah. so that's something that I'm really, really, really focusing on, and why I'm in somewhat of a dormant mode in terms of, of campaigning. I think a, a proper candidate should be as knowledgeable as possible. You would never hire a captain to go on a boat that your whole family is on that has no experience, has no knowledge, has no understanding of the context and history of where he is leading a ship. So I believe. It, it is of my responsibility to, to study and understand as much as possible to bring the best solutions to everyone. Yeah, that's a good point because, you know, we're fortunate at the village, you know, I have a trustee, one trustee has been on the board for 40 years, but you can go back. Like when we think about Briarbrook, you know, or I know where you live. Yeah. I know back in 96, we talked about it in 97, we started the process in 98, it got approved and they started building. But there's other developments that are older than that, like Signal Hill across the street in the 80s that was built. And we would say, why did we do this? Yeah. And, you know, and he'd be like, okay, this is why we did it. This is what the developer said. This is what the village engineer said. So that history and that context is very, very important. And, and you're right that there's, but it, that's not how elections work. So explaining that to, to people as well too. I mean, yeah. some people have issues with their, their backyard drainage and you go, I've looked into it to try and help as many people as possible out with drainage, for example. And it goes back. You end up going into a rabbit hole of 30, 40, 50 years when some of these stuff were, were installed. Mm -hmm. And you have to explain to people, you know, sometimes over the years, like what happened in Rome, things start to build on top of each other. And you have to understand a lot of that stuff to, to make properly informed decisions at the town board level. So okay. what else do you, so you're running for this. What else do you do when you're, you know, this yeah. is not a full-time job, obviously. It's part-time. What else do you do? I, I will treat it as a full-time job. Uh, but like you said, oh, it's, I, trust, <laughs> I laugh because people say, oh, it's, 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 it's an it's, honor to pick up the phone. It's an honor. To, today I was taking pictures of trees and someone said to me, they stopped me and said, what are you doing? And I said, well, it's on our agenda. And so for yeah. the board to have the perspective of instead of in front of it, we wanted pictures from both sides so that we could figure out the best decision to make. And they said, oh, okay. You know, superb. Yeah. Um, can you re reiterate the question? So, um, besides the town council that you're running for, what else do you, you know, what else do you do? What you know, do you have a full-time job, or you know, what, sure. on, what keeps on, you moving every day? People know me. Started with Strazy in high school. We did streetwear for every single party you went up to here in Syracuse on the campus. Um, that launched, you know, tremendously. Probably junior year when high you school. Launched that Ju junior, junior year high school, you know. Nice. So all I knew was just making clothes, embroidering them, screen printing them, getting my hands dirty. The business side of things was all over the place. My my friend Ben and I, we went through such a process of trial and error to learn how to properly run a business. With the luck of his grandpa, who operated a, a shop up in the Adirondacks. You know, we were able to learn a lot about how to operate a business, and he even let us work his shop up there in the Adirondacks too, which was outstanding. That went along really well. We even began to outsource to people, which is amazing. You know, at such a young age, you have responsibility, 
to, to bring about the appearance of another's company, for example. That went really well, and we accumulated you know, a good amount from, from the sweat and labor that we did, and we made the decision to, to put it on hold. I spent a year in, in Israel studying. Like you I were said, born in Tel Aviv, correct? In Tel Aviv, you know, yeah. the beautiful Mediterranean. Yeah. I said, I'm going back there to study. I need a, a year off from this wintry weather. Mm -hmm. um, and that was great. And we were operating even, you know, he was in Switzerland and I was in Israel. And we, you know, second year of the business are doing international stuff. So that was a lot of whole, whole fun too. Um, when things came to slow down at the beginning of last year, we really needed to pivot. It wasn't possible to sell, for example, to parties, um, events anymore, outsourcing went to zero, shriveled up. Mm. Um, so we began looking at other options. One being we spent a great amount of time just traveling Europe. You know, we, we have the opportunity to be out there. We found such nice small food delicacies that are really easy to make, late night food. You know, you and your buddies go out there after a bar or something and you have this stuff. And this was gonna be our, our new business. We, we went out, always looking for a new business idea. We went out, looked around spots here at Syracuse. We found one up at Marshall Street, the old the Calzone spot. Oh, yeah. And you know, we already were pretty good at, at streamlined business, integrating technology and everything. We didn't even have to touch a button. We said, okay, we're quite good at making food too. Let's see what we can do, right? It's, it's hard to find people nowadays that get initiative, but we went through the process. We put together such a, an intricate and detailed business plan. We went right through it. Like I said, the financials of some of these things really brought a light to how important of a hand government plays in terms of code and regulation. A grease trap was $10,000 for the installment and everything that we needed to do there. We didn't even need it. We didn't even need it. We would have never used it. But such small details like that really brought a light. Um, that opportunity was replaced. If you go there now, it's a good friend. It's a, a soul food place yeah. in, the, in the meantime. Yeah. That was a great learning opportunity, but we said, okay, now we don't have this opportunity. We thought maybe we'll take some time off, you know, let's see what we can do. It's summer, you know, everything is closed. And we went about looking to see what we can do instead. Many people don't know this. We kind of kept it secret. Um, but we said, let's go look to see if we can do a cross country road trip. And Ben started looking online, hippie van maybe, a little beat up car, you know, whatever we can do to save money, but travel really well. And you know, the one option that saves us the most money he found is a limousine, you know? <laughs> so it was quite an interesting uh, process as to how he got it. It was an older veteran from Pennsylvania. Uh, he pretty much was on to his last days and he made us uh, uh, a deal it was a, he was a businessman himself, so he wanted some business out of it. It was a pretty awesome guy. Um, said, you know, you come down here, you pick it up, and you drive it up. I'm not shipping it for you. You're coming here, you're doing it. And we did that. You know, it was pretty fun driving, you know, the limousine for the first time up here, four hours. Um, but the day we got back, you know, all our friends up at campus wanted rides. So out of the you know, blue, we didn't even realize it, but we were you know, pretty much doing like an Uber style thing. At the time we weren't charging, it was nothing serious, but we were just offering friends a ride and everything. And we soon found, uh, you know, a possible opportunity in it. And 
now you ask what the current business is yeah. somehow you know in, in this awesome country you can transition from making shirts to uh, operating a limousine business so we we did quite well in the in the spring and now we have two limousines and we'll be doing modernized limousine service such as uber where you can order a ride you don't have to book in advance it's bringing limousines to anyone who needs a limousine um, weddings are going fantastic this summer proms balls and when the fall rolls along all the fraternities and sororities that need a ride you know we got you there it's is awesome some good business. things that came out of covid you know from a technology standpoint and to me that's like you said the, yeah the, the you know the uber and, and this limousine and your entrepreneurship you know, you know I was on a conference call today and I'm thinking this wouldn't have, I would have had to go to this building meet with this person you know and then drive home and, and now I just literally turned my thing on zoomed them and we were there yeah. to me there's so many things that are happening in our society that can be good but can be bad too because local businesses one of the things I've been pushing is local businesses local businesses supporting local businesses and you lose that by, by going into national things. What sure. gave you this entrepreneurial um, well, drive not, that you have? Because you know, at your age, you're on your third business. You know, I'm on my third business. That is a business that is established with my friend. What really drives me to look for for business opportunities is not even the thought of business opportunities, but just problems that need to be solved. We didn't realize it at the time, but we were tapping into a market where Uber's only offered three, four people in a single car, and we had a vehicle that can do double that, seven and eight people. We went straight into it. We said, you know, it's ridiculous that you have to book three months in advance for a limousine when Uber, for example, has an app that you can do it in two minutes. So we are working on now bringing an application to do that as well. Um, my technical background really comes in really handy to do things such as this. Um, now you just brought up small business. They're an industry that I mean, they account for such a large proportion of, of our nation's businesses, yeah. but unfortunately many of them don't have such uh, technical expertise at hand. So uh, what I'm doing as well now too is just building websites and applications for anyone that needs that too. You know, it's, it's a, a very um, easy thing to do once you find a problem. It's a very thing, easy thing to do to, to find it. And you have to use your skill set, whatever it may be, and, and see how best you can, you can help them out. That brings a value to the board that I think is, like when I got on, I thought of things completely different because at that time I was the youngest person on the board, but I said, well, why aren't we doing this and why aren't we doing this? And they're like, well, that's not the way we do it. Well, why, why, why can't we try that? And to sure. me, that's a really important perspective. And kind of one of the things that I want to bring to the county legislature is from a village standpoint and a town standpoint, hey, this is how we do it in the town of Manhattan. And you'll be the only one, right? Right, exactly. I'll be the only village uh, representative on the on the uh, legislature. But to me, it's worked. And, it, and it's when someone says no, okay, then I'll go to plan B. Okay, plan B doesn't work, I'll go to plan C. Oh, yeah. plan C doesn't work, I'm going to plan B. Perfect example is this, um, I've been trying, you know, we pick up recyclables every, yeah. every week at Trust. And we pick up your garbage every week. Well, we have all this food scrap material that is going yeah. into the system that now there's regulations that they really want it out. Sure. Well, we can turn that food scraps into soil and give that soil back to gardens and to, to, so you're just, it's this whole thing. I love All it. the trees and the brush that come down get turned into mulch. That mulch goes back either into the DBW where we hand it out or we put it down or we give it away. 
And now, so this is this whole cycle, and I'm sitting there going, and I've been literally, Okra's like, we don't have any programs. Okay, you don't have a program, but can we, yep, we have a program with Toad Hollow, um, but you have to figure out how to pick it up, you have to figure out where to do it, and all this stuff, and I'm sitting there. So a younger person could sit there and yep. say, well, no, here's how we can do this, and here's how, where I don't have that expertise, but you guys do. So to me, I think it brings an asset to the board. Sure, and I try to be humble about my, my knowledge and expertise and things, but like I said, at the town level, it's really broad, and I have a great technical background in terms of programming, coding. Data was something I did a lot to um, quantitative finance, um, but I'm also very interested in elect electrical and electronic engineering. Now, I've been studying a lot recently town-level projects. It is very civil, engineering-based, um, such a broad skill set of things that I bring and I understand very well. And having someone that knows a lot of that stuff and can easily you know, intertwine two departments together to accomplish one task saves a lot of money, saves people a lot of time, a lot of headaches. It brings an elevated uh, service to our residents, which they deserve. The brush issue that you were just mentioning and, and the compost was one I actually had yesterday. My little brother and I, we had to you know, bring up a whole 50-gallon bin worth of trash full of compost and stuff up to the driveway. I'm just thinking, you know, if we already got done putting all the rest all over our, our bins, but Jesus, if I could donate this to someone or yeah. figure out a way maybe for the town or villages to even mm -hmm. make money out of it, you know. Well, you, it's a win-win because it's less in the system, so our tonnage goes yeah. down, and then we can use that for it. We could take that dirt, and then we could use it for every year. We have to fix plowing damage. We have to fix things that we've done. We do landscaping projects or, you know, we do bank projects, bank stabilization projects. And so to me, it's it's things like that. It's outside the box thinking. Sure. And, and to, to take it to the next level with the county and the towns, it's the county helping the towns and the villages with these programs or these ideas. It, you know? it is almost like we have a fiduciary duty. We, we really do. We have a fiduciary duty. Any corporate executive has it. We're not you know a a publicly traded company our point isn't to maximize profit but we do run very similar very like one and it's small details like that that you need to elect people who have such um, insight for small details like that to save any single dollar that's possible we have a high tax rate in our yeah. in our villages we we have a difficult time cutting that if you want to maintain this level of quality and services that, that people so equally desire. But you can elect people who have insights and knowledge that spans many of these things to see how we can cut costs without cutting service. Technology is something everyone always says, you know, I want to bring, I want to do this, I want to do that. Well, you now have finally someone that really does understand it and doesn't just say it. So yeah. that's something I want to bring. When you speak of finances, I always thought of Okra has, if you pay the bill, in yeah. 10 days, you get 2% off. Yeah. Guess how many? There's 34 municipalities. Guess how many take advantage of it? Oh, I'm sure all of them do. Three. 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 And I'm like... That is crazy. So I said to the lady, why aren't you pushing it? And she says, well, we do, but most of them just don't take advantage of it. And so it's it's a process where we have to... Let me ask you, to, is it because people don't even know about this? No, they know about it. It's just be, they don't want to run that separate check process. Yeah. There's We run checks usually once a month oh. or twice a month. Well, in, our, in the village, we run three cycles. We run all our prompt pays. Okay. So 2% doesn't sound like a lot, but it's like two or three grand. 
Well, we do it for heat. We do it for the uh, the NIMO bill. We do it for the BOCES bill. We do well, it even, for the- uh, Even 1% uh, is a lot. Yeah. So if you look at, at, at things like that, and then we've actually gotten to the point where we're now saying, is there anybody that's offering, anybody else that's offering it? Because we want to take sure. advantage of that. Because it's little things like that that do add up over time. It's kind of like um, all of the solar things we're working on and the green energy aspects sure. we're working on and the LED lights and, you know, uh, one of our buildings is Leeds, uh, Leeds Silver and it cost us about $100,000 extra to do the project. But yet our utility bills are about three or $4,000 less a year because of that. Well, the building's gonna last 30 or 40 years. So if you do the math, we saved, you know, that money back and plus some. So, you know, cause it's three or $4,000 a month that we're saving on in some cases. So there's that, that and technology is tough for some people. You know, it's tough to grasp because you don't, uh, I'm, I got a new job and, and I'm part of a team, Microsoft Teams and yeah. Orgo and Salesforce and all these apps. And I'm like, yeah. wow, there's a lot to it, you know, but there's a value in it because the Tremendous. information that you can get from it and, you know, the cycle and all the things that happen during that sales cycle or business cycle are important to know where you've been, what you've done, where you're going, and what's the end result. Yeah, these are all tools, for example, that you just mentioned that almost every company uses. There's no reason why why we shouldn't take advantage of it. They're, they're even cheap tools. Some of these things are, are $10 a month subscriptions that you can do. And like you said, you have to understand it too. Many of these things have APIs, things that you can go into, and you do look at the code of all these things, and you can save even more money by integrating everything, saving time. You know, we have an outstanding uh, administration over at, at, the, at the town, uh, the town clerk, the receiver taxes. Everyone are, are outstanding, but we, we can help them out a little bit in terms of, of, of bringing such solutions to them. Mm -hmm. And it helps everyone too. Yeah. Um, technology is one of the key things that I will bring. As you've been going along and you've been doing this, has anything, have you like gone, oh my God, why do we do it that way? Or, or why is that as you're doing your research? Has, has anything kind of stuck out to you like this doesn't make sense? Or You know, for, for the most part, things are actually um, surprising quite, quite well. Um, there are some decisions that have occurred, luckily, for our, for our, for our mayor and our town board members, some of them um, are more uh, private decisions, but there are some current um, decisions, for example, at our board that I think are ridiculous in terms of spending for, for our town. Um, I can mention some of them, mm -hmm. such as uh, the water district project. I think that is a huge burdensome cost. Um, if there is a way to make that cheaper, you know, you, we brought it up. You know, yeah. if we have a problem, we'll try our best to find a solution. But you, you can't always expect the town to be a, a pot of gold. You know, yeah. government is a pot of gold. We do our best to bring a solution. We'll find a way to get things done. That's yeah. our responsibility. But there's some things that I will, I will shake my head at if it, you know, accounts for a quarter of the town's budget of, you know, a fifth yeah. or even Saying no isn't that. a weakness or saying no isn't. Not at all. It's, sometimes it's the right answer. Which is what we need more of, you know, upfront, you know, honest stuff. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm an electrical and electronic. Well, I, I was in Tel Aviv. Now I'm, I'm here studying math and computer science. But I see some of these solar projects. And I say to myself, well, 
first of all, we're not really getting our, our dollars worth. We're not getting the cut that other towns are getting. You know, you look more into it and you find real issues. I'll, I'll stray away from that at the moment as well. I'll add comments mm -hmm. to that at a later point in time. But there are some decisions currently that will become of, of vast importance if I were to be elected that, you know, I, I'm really shaking my head at right now. Uh, the police department as well. You know, currently the, the Democratic members of the board, you know, they're not out in the open pushing for defunding the, of the police, you know, to, to an extent that they, they were doing during the riots and all that. But I truly believe if, if they win a majority, they'll defund our police. They'll do things that aren't in the interest of any of our town members. We must stop some of these things from, from occurring for, for the benefit of all. Yeah. To me, it's not about what's important to me, Mark Olson, or you. When I go to the county legislature, I'm going to listen to both sides sure. and then look at my district, the 10th district, and say what is in the best interest of the 10th district. doesn't matter what is best in my interest because it's not my interest. I serve for the people. And to me, that's, that's really important. I think that pendulum is swung, and it needs to come back in the middle yeah. where there's good ideas on both sides, and it shouldn't Agreed. be political. It should be what's right or wrong, well, right you, or wrong. It does, you know what I mean? To me, it's right in the middle and making a decision is You'll important. hear how I say things. I say, we the town members, we the people, what is best for all of us? Um, and it, that goes along at, you know, if I were to be a board member too. I have nothing against anyone. Um, my family has come from countries where, you know, leftist political ideas have absolutely destroyed their countries. But, you know, you gotta be open to hear and see how maybe, you know, sometimes there are good ideas on both sides, sometimes they're bad ideas. Like you said, we have to know when to say no and hold our core values and our lines, but you need to work. You know, you're over there working with other people, you need to get th things done. Um, and that's something I, you know, a, a point of view of cooperation that I want to bring. You so. mentioned it earlier because I looked at the gridlock. I look, like today I read the, the headlines about this yeah. uh, at, the, at the Senate and what they're doing with the HR1 and what they're doing now with the student debt. Yeah. You know, and you look at the state now and with all the things that are going on and they the left. State. They left, you know, without taking care of the marijuana boards or the appointments Disgusting. or anything like that. And you're sitting there saying, we don't have that at the county. We're getting it at the town level a little bit more than most people are used to. Yeah. Um, so how do we it's fix that? It's at the town. Yeah. How do you fix that? Is it is it by getting in, and then what do you do? I mean, you get it. You win. You're in. Sure. What do you do then? What's Luckily, your, you know? some of the current projects, which are of magnitude that we've never seen before in terms of, I would say, fierceness to one another, especially from one side to another. Um, some, something about these projects at the moment that I can bring is just technical speaking, you know, go about it from technical points, not just political points. Um, you know, we all believe in the science. Like, let's get rid of that. We all believe in the yeah. science. Um, something's but, happening. Something's happening. You yeah. can say all you want, but something's happening and we need to do something about you it. You know, but, okay, let's look into the science now. And if we're looking into the science, we don't have to be pointing fingers at each other because there is, there are physical laws. There's this, there's that, that are defined things and we have to find an optimized approach to things. You know, so what I'm saying is, you know, I'll, go, I'll join the board and, you know, you speak in terms of, of getting things done scientifically, right? Mm -hmm. um, financially, how can we get things done as well? Not in terms of, you know, we'll keep our core beliefs, but not in terms of, of party lines. We're not right. gonna be coming and proposing a party agenda 
Um, we're going to be proposing solutions, you know? Yeah. I like that approach because I was listening to, we did a traffic study, and when we got done, people didn't believe it. And it, it had data, and it had counts, yeah. oh, and it had, I've been reading and people were like, studies. people yeah. were like, no way. And then, it, so we have the Mayor's Association, and we met, we meet with the town board, uh, town supervisors and mayors every quarterly, and we were talking about this study, and they said, every one of us had the same reaction, that yeah. residents didn't believe it, even though it was true, and even though it was factual, and even though it was done by engineers, they still didn't believe it, and yet, all those things came true. So when these traffic engineers or these people do studies, SMTC, they're normally right on. Whether you like it or not, they're right on. Well, and they have data. I, I mentioned it, it for a brief second, but I, I, I still do a lot of work related to quantitative finance. We all have our thoughts of to where lumber price will go, for example, where this price will go, will that go, and I have my own thoughts as well. But I've developed algorithms and systems that I must trust on for them to maintain their long-term performance that I've seen historically. I can't go against it or else you'll start seeing deviations and things. And you have to trust in that scenario, the data, you know, the things that you've built scientifically and mathematically, and you have to trust that, such as in the traffic study, they do, you know, equal amounts, sometimes, you know, tremendous amounts of, of mathematical and scientific work to, to get these things to a level where it needs to work. So. That's it's something that it's I interesting. Believe. It's it's. Um, I always look at it. I was reading a report today about the the, the um, slip lining that we're doing in the village and the yeah. and the with the sewer lines. And I was reading a report about what they're doing and how many feet and how many gallons it's taking out. And the technical part of it is very interesting. But if you just bring it down to nuts and bolts, the sewer is doing what it's what it was built and, to do, and which by is the just way, carry sewers. Some of these projects, we really need people that, like you said, understand these small number detailed points because there's some projects out there that our town is getting ripped off on. We're paying some of these people incredible sums of money for things that, frankly, our board members should know. You know, there's some, some unbelievable costs that are going out in terms even of, of current projects. Uh, this is an introduction, so I don't want to get yeah. too fierce. Yeah. But we'll come out at later times and really start hammering down on these things. I mean, we have board meetings coming up where I'm sure it'll be brought up. But we need people that are going in there too with a fiduciary duty, not the belief that we have taxpayer money, we can just spend it. Because it's, that's not the way it is. We have to have that duty. So where can people learn more about you? Do you have a website or a- Sure, there will be a, re a website out. The domain is Ari Spinoza, my name. A Facebook, the same name. An Instagram, the same name. And I'm sure everyone will see me around town, sometimes even out of town. Last yeah. night I met uh, a nice woman up at the airport and she was leaving off to Florida. We started chatting and she was from Manoa. You know, so you'll see yeah. me everywhere around here. Yeah. In it's amazing how the social media, because I was playing golf at, at I love Winoa Golf Course. And I'm, I played with my son Saturday and we just went inside and had a drink. And somebody stopped me, saw, my, saw yeah. me and said, I listened to your podcast the other day because I had done one at Spill the Tea in Manoa. And he said, I'm friends of with the course. owner. So I listened to it and I'm sitting that's pretty neat, you know what I mean, to have to do these. I'm doing these because awesome. I want people to get to know you, get to know me, uh, get to listen to the why you're doing what you're doing, how we do what we do. Because one of the things that I don't think people understand is there's a lot that goes into running a campaign, running for office. Incredible. Once you're in office, what you're doing. I'm going to ask a councilor to come on in this. I'm going to ask. I'm going to have a village trustee. I'm going to have a village or a town council come on. I've had somebody from the county. I want people to realize that the more people realize what we're doing is to help people and it's for the service of our residents and our neighbors. 
It's not about politics. It's about helping people that hopefully they'll get more involved in. Because if good people say, like, to me, you're doing it for the right reason. You want to help people. If, if good people say, I, I'm not helping. I don't want to do this. I had a friend of mine say to me, what the hell are you doing? Why are you doing this? And I said, because I want to help people. Yeah. And he's like, I couldn't do it. And I'm like, if and everybody says understand. that, nobody would do it. And we really want more people involved in the process. The more people that are involved in the process and understand the process, the better we're going to be as a town, I, village, county. I completely know. agree. Even just, like you said, this process of running a campaign, it's a tremendous amount of work. I want to be as transparent as possible with it to show people you know, even my age and under, if you have an idea in your mind, do it. Just yeah. do it. There's no questioning it. You can find a way. There is a way to get something done. Um, and that's another point. It's not a duty of a, a town councilor, but I want to show every single step, even just running a campaign. You know, it's tremendous insight into someone, for example, my age, becoming so responsible. Um, reaching out to so many people, finding solutions. You can learn a lot from this, and I, I've learned a lot already. It's been such a short time. Mm -hmm. Outstanding, and I, I love it so far. Yeah, and that's what it's all about. If you if you don't love it, you shouldn't be doing no, it. No, this you is know what I mean? yeah. probably the best job. You know, I told you I always look for weird, cool jobs. I've always looked at politics. I, uh, you know, especially in this day of age, you know. Do you really want to put yourself in that? that? I love this. You learn everything, you know, about everyone, about how everyone lives their life, how to get things done for them. You don't even have time at the local level for the national, you know, the stuff you see on Fox and CNN. Yeah, no. We don't even have time for that. No. You know? It doesn't, which, affect, which it, it doesn't affect running the day-to-day -day stuff that we need Not to do. Not at all. Which you is know. what I hope people, by the way, if, you know, I said earlier, some people are taken away from, I'm running as a Republican, or if I were to run as another party, put that aside at the town level. You really have to look at what the town board does. And I will make it very transparent. You go on my website, I will have you know everything you need to know, and you can contact me personally, and I'll explain whatever you need to you so you understand. Yeah. But at the town level, you know we're making sure that your house is there the next day and the day after, your kids, you know, are good to go at whatever time, day, your businesses are nice and safe and you can operate them without having to worry about some code guy breathing down on you, some regulation guy. You can have an idea for a business and you know you can call us up and we'll be there to help you get it started. Even if you don't have a business plan yet, you have an idea, let me hear it and I'll help you out, we'll get it done. Yeah, when we focused on the three businesses, it was, I didn't do it on purpose, but you know, we did three food service establishments, but Marcus, Bullis has Bull and Bear, and he has yeah. the yards, and he has the the yo burrito. He has his hands and full. He's got it, incredible. And then you go to spill the tea in Manoa, mm -hmm. and first time business owners. Yeah. And then you go to Seneca Brew and Manlius, and we, when we interviewed them, and they had this vast, but they had no, never been in the business before. So, mm -hmm. to me, that's those connections and those people that have never done it before and turn out to be an amazing business owner or amazing products. To me, it's the we same in what you're help. doing because you've never done this before. You have no experience, mm -hmm. but yet I started out with no experience. I had a dream. I wanted to try it. I wanted to do it and look at today. So to me, it's, it's that you're doing it the right way. Look, experience and knowledge are two very different things. In the United States, we had no experience in sending a man to the moon. We did it. Why? Because we had the knowledge and determination to do it, and I share the same things. 
we will find ways to, for example, if you have a business with many qualified business, too soon to be business owners even, you know, many professionals, motivated people with outstanding skill sets, and we need more of them out there getting things done, business, whatever it may be, and we need someone with open ear, even when there's no plan in sight yet, to find a way to get it done for them. Well, I think that's a great ending. Thank you so much, Ari, for being here. I really appreciate you being on our podcast. And again, please go to peopleforolson.com to learn more about our campaign. And I appreciate you listening. Thank you. Thank you. Well, there it is, everybody. Thank you again for listening to the People for Olson podcast. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and consider leaving us a review. That way you'll be up to date the moment a new episode is released. And again, don't forget to follow us along with the campaign by visiting us online at peopleforolson.com. You can also like our page on Facebook and follow Mark on Twitter. Well, that's it for this week. We're going to catch you next week right here at the People for Olson podcast. <music>